Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we are coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We're live on Woo! Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Pete's favorite platform for gaming. Come on, Twitch. Needs. Yeah. yeah. How's the weather on our Twitch? What up, Twitch? And we are also All right, Pete, on- Twitch. We're also right, live Pete. on Twitter. Pete's coming out hot today. We are also maybe listening later on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. That is all good. We have a great show for you tonight. Ooh, as we always do. It's great. I as think we, we, we legitimately for the past coming in a little years, cocky. There has never been a bad show. What? Like, not once. Uh, not once I don't know about one that. bad show. They've no. all been bangers across the board. All Go bangers. Go back and listen. You listen one. to them. You, can you listen, listen to, to every single one. You'll be like, "This is a banger." Find this a banger. banger. And especially those banger. early ones. This sound was banging. It was great. <laughs> everything was perfect. Yeah, my favorite is when we finished an episode and then they're like, "Oh, yeah, we didn't make. We couldn't keep the sound. We didn't make it." Yeah, <laughs> we didn't make it. <laughs> the Where sound. the tech guy'd be like, "Hey, I never hit record." Yeah, those were the best uh, ones. Yeah, those man, were the fun that, ones. Just uh, hearing you say that it hurts. Look, we're we're reminiscing. But I'll tell you what, things are going swimmingly now, and they're particularly going swimmingly thanks to the amazing people who support us at patreon.com slash comic. Now, people know that once a month we like to pay tribute to the people who support us there at the $5 and up level. We read off their names at the top of the show, so let's kick it off with Oitis Larson. Read. Aaron C. Hollis. (laughs) Adam DeRose. Adam Horowitz. Adam Marks. Adriel Moreland. Pete, bring the volume back. The oh my God. Elena Fontenot. <laughs> uh, Amanda Harris. Andrew. Andrew Primo. Beer Cat PhD. Benjamin Brown. Carly W. Your mic is so hot tonight. <laughs> Carly. Uh, Carrie Matthews. Chris Leatherman. Christina Jaramillo. Christina Rensfield. Clemens Luer. Deman Ryan. Dan Snow. Daniel Fuentes. Debbie Gloom. Derek Mainhart. Uh, Dylan L.J. Emmett Quish. Jeffrey Risher. 
Isaac Carter. James Connolly. Jaron Townsend. Jason Donahue. Jeffrey Welly. John George. John Harry and the Henderson. Jonathan Jong. Jonathan McCool. Joshua W. Broxson. Julian Lobato. KC Newhaven. Kevin Kleinrock. Kieran Broderick. Cody Thomas. Liwana Thomas. Luke Asink. Matt Tice. Matthew C. Hernandez. Michael Tillman. Nelson Kelso Martinez. Nick, Nick G. Nick Grayson. Official CBC chef Brett Rackers, a.k.a. Stray Bullies. Omnia Solart. Oren Dix. Pedro A. Wrangle. Perry Taliaferro. Pete's Pretty Kitty. <laughs> Provocative Ambulance. Rev Mikey. Robert Pettinato. Sarah Schottenmuller. Sarah Schaefer. Scott Carpenter. Scott England. My man Stanley. Steve Cook. Tamili Rush. Taylor Bryan. Terrible Jason. The Big Flood. The Twelve Banch. Victor Perez. Will Buchanan. William Leach. Zachary Bachman. Zika's Viral Comics. And thank you all so much for your support, whether we read your name or not. We really do appreciate it. It really helps to keep the show going. And just to mention, for anybody who's interested, $2 or more gets you... we can murder your name. (laughs) We can murder your name. No, that's $5 or more. We'll murder your name. But $2 or more, you get access to our Patreon Slack, which is very active, chatting about movies and comic books and food a lot of the times and other things. Very fun. You also get access to our back catalog of thousands of podcasts going all the way back to 2011. And as I said earlier, all bangers. Like, Ah, stop bangers. bangers. Starting from the first one in 2011 all the way through, you'd be like, yo, this is too much. What is this? A Taylor Swift album? Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Uh, Hot take. Uh, I would topical, take, it, take that down a little bit, buddy. Topical comic news. Taylor Swifties. Uh, <laughs> there was that one that Pete hosted, which, I mean, a little wobbly. Like, oh, how so. dare you? Those were always bangers. Mm. I, I was they reminded of uh, They actually were. They were bangers. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's always very confusing to me because we had like very varying audiences, but whatever, and Pete would be like, God, how do we get more people to the show? And then when Justin and I were there, packed plays back every <laughs> single time so there's some secret you're holding on to pete that you weren't telling us it's the same reason when you see like a, a fender bender everybody's stopping and looking and turning their heads you know what i mean uh, uh, i was reminded over memorial day that my mom listens to every episode and oh she boy. wants to donate at the uh, five dollar level so that she can have her name honored uh, well i like how she tells you that. like you gotta do it that's I do fun. have to do it. She's yeah. not so hot just... with computers. She's not so hot. Right, Mom? Hi, Mom. Aw. Hi, Justin's right. Mom. Well, I'll tell you what. We have a great guest this evening, so why don't we bring him in here now that we're done with these opening Oh, ceremonies. yeah. He is the publisher and editor-in-chief of CEX Publishing. Ladies and gentlemen, Andy Schmidt. Hello. Hey, hey. welcome. Hey. Welcome. Uh, oh, th- man. Look at that nerdy backdrop you got. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Look at you go. Oh man, that is glorious! Look Please, at that. Do you want to ask any specific questions? Well, first off, yeah, shut up, Alex. Oh my God, look at those posters! You got Darth Vader there. I mean, that's some badass shit. I love oh the idea wow! That he talks to this entire interview, and Andy. All right, all right. right. Like, well, Andy, thanks so much. Andy, yeah, what's wait. what's your favorite poster back there, man? That's some. Speaking of bangers, all bangers. Look at those. That's glorious, man. Uh, well, the the Ringo. 
Fantastic Four won all the special places. Yeah. He was oh, awesome. Nice. And I still miss him. Uh, Annihilation was one of my biggest projects when I was in yep. Marvel. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes uh, sense. The, the Guardians team-up one, it's Rocket and the Pet Avengers. I co-wrote that comic and didn't even know they were making a poster of Umberto's art. And I saw it in a shop. I was like, I'll have that. I'll take uh, that, please. And who can go wrong with Art Adams doing all of the Avengers on So I, I, I can't bring it. I can't bring it. I love yeah, that you have a just, personal connection with all of them. That's yeah, awesome. I try to have a personal connection with well, everything. I didn't points. actually work on Jack Kirby's New Gods in the 70s. <laughs> I was a little weak, but mm-hmm. it's probably my favorite comic of all time. Wow. So, oh, nice. I've been fooled. I and be also, fooled let me just pre-apologize to everyone listening as I bring your streak of 13 years or 12 years of bangers. Oh, how like, dare oh, you, sir? Uh, no, don't you don't. No You're Your poster's crushing. already made it a banger, dude, so don't even worry <laughs> yeah. about it. And ah. Pete had like a, a B12 shot or something before he showed up, so he's just racing <laughs> through this show. He's going to punch a wall in the air. Yeah! How many Mountain Dews did you guys chug before the start? <laughs> uh, zero. Zero, Pete. Oh, man, zero. that's a horrible way to live. Yes. Andy, let's talk about, uh, I know there's a bunch of different things that you're working on, but the big project that we're chatting about right now that is going on right now, we've talked to a lot of folks at Zoop, and there's a Zoop uh, Zoop starter, is what I'm going to call it for no particular reason, uh, for Luciano Vecchio's Sereno, specifically a hardcover collection. First of all, did I mangle any part of those names? And second of all, what is it about and what uh, can people expect when they check out the book? Uh, you did not mangle it. Uh, so congratulations. Uh, so yeah, that was nicely done. So Sereno by Luciano Vecchio. So you got that all right. Um, and it's a it's a superhero book, sort of a coming of age. You know, as a younger superhero, it's set in this place called Levitia, uh, um, which is this sort of futuristic city. So it's kind of it's got a uh, well. Here's the comic. Ooh, so we published it as a series. It's got this like. Um, that's not the greatest. Well, here, I can actually bring it up on screen. Oh, look, there's oh, sure. Yeah. So it's got this, uh, it's got this sort of like Batman Beyond vibe to it. Yeah. Um, about a younger, younger yes. superhero, and he is there, the night watchman in this super cool sort of futuristic uh, sort of city. Um, and at night, like, all the bad elements. Like, by day, it's like this, like, kind of super, like, utopia almost like metropolis and then at night all the bad elements come out and they're all like it's also got sort of some new agey thing going on where it's like kind of about like panic and fear so it winds up being kind of kind of topical a lot of stuff that we hear in the uh the states uh it confront every day but it's just but it doesn't approach it from like a political standpoint it's just like uh it's just how to be a hero in a complicated world um and it's also a very personal work for Luciano because he grew up in Argentina, um, uh, queer, and you know was very uncomfortable. Like the front with that was in the closet for a lot of time. So it's also kind of his. Like, he's coming out as a storyteller, like doing his first real big creator-owned book after working at Marvel and DC and doing some cool work. So it's really, but it's it's really great. It's great superhero stories. It's um, you know a great you know sort of take on on that younger coming of age story for a superhero. So this was one where when I when I saw it, um, you know, I certainly was not involved as a publisher, like <clears throat> I mean he was working on it on his own and we read it and we all loved it and just thought it was super fun and super stylistic. The art's just phenomenal. Especially what his use of color, because it's like a monochromatic yeah. thing with the spot yeah. colors come in. And it all ties up 
thematically. So it's it's super cool. And we're trying to get this dope hardcover. We actually we actually already hit our funding goal last week, so that was awesome. Congrats. Um, yeah, and we just put up yeah. some new stretch goals today that I think are pretty cool, um, including potentially a, uh, a whole new story. So we'll be adding pages yeah. on the uh, story to So, well, first off, this is absolutely gorgeous. I was looking on on the zoo page. It's really unbelievable. I love the whole kind of like three eyes uh, design, which is pretty neat. On on something like this, like you said, that he's worked, you know, kind of a lot of it on his own. Was it just kind of like, uh, kind of just kind of nipping and cutting a little bit from your point, or how did you help him with when he came to you? What was the process like? I recommended that we put it in, in English. Um, <laughs> so and it thank turns, you. It Hot turns tip, out it, it, like his writing in English is just as good. So, oh wow. Uh, so he translated the whole thing himself and read it oh, all wow. the lettering. And, uh, you know, we did a little like grammar cleanup, but like even that was super minor. Honestly, uh -huh. there are projects where even if they are, you know, fully done or close to fully done where we come in and we got to do some surgery. Um, but this was, this was not one of those. It was actually remarkably easy to came in. I think he just has such a sense of like who he is and what he wanted it to be. And it just came in so complete that it was a very no-brainer to say, yeah, I do want to publish that for sure. Um, and yeah. then How there, often is it that complete when you're when you're meeting someone or you're seeing a book? For um, well, sometimes we, you know, we will find projects that are um, that are already completely done. Um, and then sometimes, you know, somebody comes in with a pitch and they've got maybe five pages or 10 pages of art. And, you know, the artist is attached to it. Usually it's a writer that does the pitching. I don't know why that typically falls on writers but it seems to um and good you know we'll, we'll talk about it and and you know if it looks good and that's the artist that's going to do it then then we can be more involved along the way and, and you know my take on it as you know i was started as an editor in the early 2000s like you know, i started at marvel and went to idw and my take on it is that as an editor my job is to help them tell their story kind of the best way that they can right to the right. best of their ability and, and i can give some feedback but especially on stuff that's creator owned which this is you know I, it's not my it's not my book so there's no there's no heavy-handed me coming in it's you know i can offer some suggestions and and if they're helpful then great if they're like nope take a hike then i take a hike <laughs> it's their book. they're the ones that have to live with it for eternity i just have to live with it for the short time that we have publishing rights this is a little bit of a broader question, and it sounds like this came in fully formed, but when you, since you have been in editorial for a while, when you have an artist who is interested in transitioning into writing or writing and doing the art at the same time, are there any sort of base tips that you have? I, I mean, I understand that every case is going to be different, but is there something where you say, okay, these are the kind of things you're going to think about as you work from one medium to the other? one part of the medium to the other. Yeah, um, I, this is kind of funny, but sometimes I have to tell artists who are going to start writing to watch how wordy they get. Mm -hmm. huh. And I don't know oh, if yeah. it's like, I get to control all the words now, but a lot of times <laughs> like, artists will get super wordy in their comics. And I don't know huh. if it's, it's them, you know, they need to learn just to be more economical with the way that they write or, or what. But that's one of them is just like, hey, you know, or maybe they're like, if I write a ton, I don't have to draw as much because it's all going to be covered up anyway. <laughs> I, I, the page. I, I would think it would I, be I the opposite. 
But yeah, yeah, I mean, I would, I would think so too. I would think they'd, they'd all be like, "We're doing silent comics," but maybe that's yeah. not what they feel like they've been doing. Um, so that's actually one of the pieces of advice I give to an artist that's that's you know going to try and and write or is going to write for the first time is just watch how wordy you get, um, uh, and then also sometimes they want to get like way too clever. Like it's like the chains are off, and now I can do anything I want, and so I will yeah. do everything. And sometimes it's like, okay, let's just make sure that there's a reason to do all of those things. Like, um, you know, so and sometimes though, you just got to do a book and get that stuff out of your system. And sometimes chaos is fun. So, (laughs) um, you know, it's sometimes hard to argue with, uh, with that, but I've, I've helped a few artists. Um, there's a really good friend of mine, but he's a a very popular artist. He was trying his hand at writing for the first time a couple of years back. And he called me up and he was like, my editor isn't giving me any notes. Ooh, and so it's perfect. I, I need notes. Like I'm more like, I just need to get this thing to be good enough to not be embarrassing. And so, uh, so <laughs> it sounds like a writer talking right there. I yeah, just need to so be good he, enough uh, to so be he, done so with so it. I was Please. like, well, yeah, of course, you know, I'll help. So he was, he started sending me outlines and scripts and I was, I tried to give him some feedback and some pointers, but he wound up being like this great student because he really wanted to be good. But he was such a popular artist that I think like, like they were like, don't, don't, don't make him mad, you know. Let him write a bad book. Be yeah. careful. So, uh, so that was pretty. That was pretty interesting. Um, I've had a few things like that, and then writers that are gonna that are gonna try uh, their hand at art. Um, I usually tell them to start on something small because if they suck at it, then they can just get it out and be done with it. But. Um, yeah, so. Much more rare. I've, I can't really think of a good example of that yeah. happening necessarily, other than like Tom King doing his joke covers or anything like that. Right. Um, yeah. Well, Bendis yeah. used to do his own. I know that's he right. Did the show, uh, just last week, right? But, um, but yeah, he did his own art for a long time. Yeah. Uh, went to art school mm-hmm. to do it. Um, but and actually, when I was editing his some of his books, um, he would turn in layouts for the whole issue. Like he'd turn in the script, and he'd turn out like a PDF that he'd scan of, of all these layouts to give the artists. Some of the artists followed him, some of them didn't. But I think it was just part of his because he thinks visually. Like I, mean, I think it was just part of his process. After a while, he kind of stopped doing it. I think because he was busy. And he was writing like seventy-eight issues of Ultimate Spider-Man, <laughs> right. yeah, Alias, all New Avengers, you know. Uh, Tim Seeley, he's he does his uh, yeah, sort of back and forth pretty well. Yeah. Uh, where's the line as an editor as far as like uh, putting in an idea? If you're when you're editing a book, you're like, ah, I don't know if that quite works. What about? Are you often? How much can you suggest before it's a little like you're crossing that line? Uh, I mean, it's different for every for every creator, of course. But you know what I what I try to do is I try to rip off what's there. So, and sometimes like I pick something out of a book that the writer or the artist didn't intend or didn't see. And maybe that just means I'm dealing with, with different issues in my life. I don't know, but, <laughs> um, but that actually happened fairly recently where I was talking, we're, we're looking at a project that I think I, I'm optimistic that we're going to do. I think it's really cool. And, um, and I said, you know, it connected with me because of, you know, there was a sense of like, that like being an adolescent and this feeling of like shame. And, uh, and, then I, and then I realized that I felt shameful for, for feeling like connecting with being shameful and as an adolescent, <laughs> like retroactively. And, um, but I was like, I, I get this like vibe on this thing, you know, obviously about kids or whatever. And, 
And, um, and, the, and the writer was like, that's really interesting. That wasn't exactly what I was going for, but now that you mention it, I can see it. And, um, and so then we just talked about, you know, like, like what do, what are the themes that you want to bring out and how can we make sure that, that the themes that you intend for the audience to get are the ones that they're picking up on. And I think that shame theme is, was in there and, it, and he kind of was like, yeah, that's, that's there. I haven't really put my finger on it. And so he's, I think he's working on bringing some of that up. But somebody else might have just been like, it's not about shame. So shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so like, All right. And then you just ask, so what is, what, what is it about? Yeah. Go from there. You're like a um, therapist for comic books, basically. I think making comics is its own therapy because oh, we're all yeah. uh, like we're all dealing with stuff, right? Any creative endeavor, you know, we, we are dealing with things. The first the first creator on book I wrote uh, was called Five Days of Die. It was years ago, and you know, I had just had a kid. And Dustin, you were talking about your kids before the show started. Uh, congrats. Yeah. You know, I know it's been a while, yeah. but congrats. Thank you. I'm celebrating them less now that they're seven and four. <laughs> <laughs> But you're right, I should. I really need yeah. to. But uh, so I did this book. It's about a detective and his family gets gets in this car accident and he thinks there there was a murder attempt and they're you know, and he's faced with this decision. I can stay and try to repair my relationship with my daughter or I can go out and find the bad guy and he's injured and he only has five days left before he's going to die. It's about five days left. So he uh, like and I'm scripting the fourth issue of five when I realized like, oh, Shit! This is about me becoming a dad. Is <laughs> all of my fears about like not connecting with this new kid? You know, like, so like, like, am I going to be that dad that's so absorbed in his work that I'm not there, or am I going to be the dad that that comes back and says work and wait and whatever? And then, like, I'm writing the fourth issue when like this like bomb drops in my head, and I'm like, oh, that's what this is about. So I really do think when we're making art. You know, we, we're dealing with something. Yeah, it's, it's I, funny you say that because I, I had a friend who I was just like trying to pitch ideas. And after like the fifth pitch, he was like, I get it. You like space balls. Okay. Like <laughs> it's super clear that that's your jam and your sweet, you know, spot there. And I was like, yeah. oh, wow. I didn't even notice that. Exactly. We're all dealing with things. Some of us are dealing with the prospect of being a new father. Other of us are dealing with we like space balls. So oh, yeah, exactly. All, it's yeah. all even. You know, what yeah, I mean, who's to say has what's equal, equal yeah. things going on in our lives? Andy, talk to us a little. Oh, uh, talk to us a little bit about CEX Publishing because you're not just the editor of this book; you're also the dude who is running the whole thing. So, what is the mission of the publisher? What is the what's the overall mission statement? I guess. Yeah. Uh, so we publish creator-owned comics. So uh, and sadly, I think this is enough of a mission statement. Is we we treat creators well and we make fair deals that <laughs> includes them and things like profits. Wow. Um, okay. Uh, but, uh, that sounds nice. You, you Profitable comics. You say interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> profits on comics. Yeah. Huh. Well, actually I was just about to say you, they're not just included on profits because there are those times where you don't get there, but, um, we actually start paying royalties with the very first copy. So, oh, wow. so we, oh, so wow. that's awesome. And we pay our royalties based on the, uh, the retail price. So even if we sell it, like we run a sale or something, they're still getting their full royalty. And um, wow. yeah, but that just puts an onus on us, right? I mean, we have to be smarter about how we sell the books because basically we we have to sell a lot of them in order to pay out the full royalty. 
and cover our print costs and you know our overhead and all that sort of stuff as well. So, Is there a way you could take over all of Hollywood? Andy, I think we it's sort of the energy we need right now. Yeah, uh, I am doing my best. That's uh, first. I'm going to run for president of comics, and then nice. uh, and then. Well, you're on the right show. Probably, probably dictator of Hollywood. I think that's the only way. Nice. Wow. That's, oh, wow. that's what's necessary. I think actually Mike Pence is running for a president. <laughs> He's he just announcing. Yeah. Chris, yeah. Chris today. His involvement in the January 6th comics insurrection, though, is like a little dicey. <laughs> all right. So all right. I have, some, right. Right. I have <laughs> questions. This is all my uh, Andy, other uh, than Luciano Vecchio's book, what else should people be checking out from CEX? What's coming out now or upcoming that might interest folks? Uh, cool. Yeah. Um, so we've got uh, just came out Seven Years in Darkness, number one by Joe Schmolke, um, which uh, sold out. And then the second printing sold out and we, we are issuing the third printing of it uh, right nice. now. So that one is just sort of awesome. uh, exceeding our expectations, which is awesome. But that's right. it's got a super cool concept. It's like a, it's like a, an evil version of Harry Potter. There's a, a dark arts school that's been closed for 200 years. Uh, it's opened up for the first time uh, in that time. And uh, 72 students enter for their first year, and only seven will graduate. Alive? Mm. Uh, oh. yeah, wow. Yeah, I don't like that ratio, man. That that's sounds a... like Cornell University. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> So you are um, a master of the dark art. Yeah, that one just uh, that one just hit, and it's doing it's doing awesome. Um, And then we've got uh, we've got Mother Russia coming out, which is uh, not about Russia and Ukraine. It's actually just about about mothers and uh, zombies and one lone sniper trying to protect a child during a zombie war during the siege of uh, Stalingrad. Wow! And We've got, uh, we put out a book that did super well called Saga of a Doomed Universe, uh, which is sort of, it's like an homage to 80s superhero crossover events. Um, So Scott Reed, the creator, built like the whole universe that went along with it. It's super awesome. But it's also much more than just an homage. It's also got this like super cool uh, uh, kind of, you know, story on top of it that like gets into like the publisher of the book and like, you know, the real world, like, intercedes in what's going on in the comic. It's really, really great. Um, we've got, uh, we haven't announced this yet, so here you go. An exclusive just what? for you. Um, we are doing uh, yeah. Joe Glass and Vince Underwood's The Miracles, which is another uh, coming-of-age superhero story, but um, but that one's, that one's super cool. That one should be announced in the next couple of weeks. Um, other than here, like like a post. Right. I mean, it was just announced. Yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. Um, this, is this is it. Feels announced since we are live. <laughs> um, yeah. So we and we basically we try to put out basically a new number one each month, um, and that might be a one shot. We do is a lot it? of one shots, uh, or it could be a mini series. So we've got Tuskers coming up, which is a, which is really cool. It's a it's a fully painted book by Daniel Govar, um, and uh, and it's about you know, the, the elephant trade and hunting in Africa. Like he went to, he and the writers uh, went to Africa and, and like explored this whole thing. It's tragic, but it's beautiful. Um, So hopefully it won't make people super sad, but it's really, it's really good. Cool. That's awesome. These all sound very cool. And with very uh, specific pitches, how important is concept 
for you when you're picking up books versus the teams you're working with, or does it all work into the mix? Uh, it all goes into the mix, but but honestly, I mean, we are a smaller publisher, um, and so when you're a publisher of our size, that and we've only been publishing a little over a year, so when you're a publisher with that's still establishing their track record, which has been happening pretty quickly, I'm happy to say, um, uh, the concept I think is really important because that's like retailers are going to give you a sentence or two in your solicit. And really that they might not even read your full solicit. So you have to like grab them right off the bat. It's gotta be something that, that not only do they get, but they like, and they think they can sell to their audiences. So I know we've talked about like two or three superhero oriented books here, but that superhero is not the main thing that we do, but there are certain things about superhero books that with the direct market, um, I know that we can plug those in with certain types of retailers and, and their fan bases, right? The same way that horror works, but, you know, we're moving into crowdfunding, hence Zoop, and we'll probably be doing a, a, you know, a Kickstarter or something soon. And I think on, when we start breaking out into other platforms and other places that we can sell books, um, and we're, we're in bookstores very soon, um, you know, we can, we can break out and do more genre that, that can have, you know, some can be more for the book market, some can be more for the direct market, some can be more for a crowdfunding platform. Um, it just allows for a lot more that we can do and a lot different ways to also, frankly, protect the business so that if one thing sort of drops out, you don't have all your eggs in one basket. So, For sure. Uh, well, all this stuff seems very exciting. Uh, one oh, real, yeah, Justin, real quick, please. one thing before we move too far early on when you were talking about your work, uh, we got this comment, uh, really enjoyed the Rocket Pet Avengers comic. So I wanted to shout that out. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. There you go. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, well, cool. It's amazing. I'm glad someone read it. Uh, well, listen, Andy, congratulations on everything. Uh, the book, uh, I read through it today, and it's awesome. So obviously it's successful, but congratulations on all the success, and I'm sure you will make all of the stretch goals as well. And uh, looking forward to reading the rest of these books. Yeah, thanks a lot, guys. Really appreciate you having me. Have a good one. All right, no thanks so Take much. Care. Have a good congratulations. night. All right, there we go. Once again, that was Andy Schmidt, publisher and editor-in-chief of CEX Publishing. You can check out Luciano Vecchio's Cerno on Zoop right now and go support it. Yeah. There you go. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then... Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. And now it is time for our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It's your audience questions. 
And for audience questions, all you got to do is drop a question basically anywhere we're live except for Twitter because they don't do that at all. But uh, we got a bunch of things to get to before we get to what we are drinking tonight. We actually have a sponsor that I want to read out here. Here we go. What if victims from your favorite horror flicks had a second chance to change their fates? What? What if they had to compete for their lives against each other and their killers and monsters? In the new comic, Try Not to Die, a blonde Whoa. high school student from a 90s slasher flick, a certain babysitter from a long-running horror franchise, and others are forced to do just that. When these classic horror film characters are abducted, teleported, and taken hostage by a mysterious, powerful being, and forced to take part in their deadly competition where they face each other's killers, fates get crossed, tempers get tested, trust becomes obsolete, and, of course, blood is shed. Whoa. Try Not to Die is... Are you ready for this? Here's the pitch section. It's pretty good. Try Not to Die is Squid Game meets Cabin in the Woods. And for fans of the silver coin, I hate this place and something is killing the children. We like... All oh, my God. Yeah, Great. that's in our wheelhouse. It is a terrifying story about desperate characters trying to prove their fates were a mistake, chances at redemption, revenge, and most of all, survival. By the end of issue one, readers will be at the edge of their seats and realize that there is nowhere to hide from these revenants, monsters, and slashers. Set in a universe where literally all horror genres are on the table, there truly is no other book on the stands quite like Try Not to Die. From Mad Cave Studios writer Damian Becton and master artist Kenneth Laster, Try Not to Die is now available on Kickstarter. Go to trynot2die.net to pledge today and bring this comic to life. That's trynot2die.net. There you go. Uh, So check that out. And now let's check out what everybody's drinking. As you probably know, Stray Bullet, a.k.a. Stray Bullies, a.k.a. Brett Macris, always likes to curate or plan out something for us. This week is Negroni week. I am having a basic ass Negroni. Justin, what are you doing? A <laughs> basic ass Negroni. Would expect nothing different from a man, Alex. I got a Mezcal Negroni, and I am Ooh, loving it. I almost it. did that. Oh, Mezcal Negroni. So good. Pete, what about you? So what good. Negroni uh, you know, are you let drinking? me just chat. Yeah. Ooh, hazy Negroni. Circle Pete's three feeling hazy. hazy. What were you going to say, I've been... With my wife out of town, I've been doing a lot of infusing of uh, alcohol, and it's great. <laughs> I made, uh, Not going to delve into that too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to no. get into that. <laughs> so let me get this straight. You're well, saying as soon as your wife leaves town, that's when you start to experiment with alcohol. <laughs> Well, not experiment. It, it's really, it's like lab, but it's more, much more, because I've also been doing it with food. It's like at night I don't have anything to do, so I like make some So you call KFC and a Pizza Hut and see which one gets there first? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. That's, that's your dream, right? That's the like parents out of town dream come true. Uh, but I made a grapefruit vodka that is very good and a leek and uh, pepper gin. That Ooh. is like perfect for Bloody Marys, but also I mixed it with a little Lillet for a, a sort of martini esque drink, and it tastes just like a dirty martini. It's very good. Uh, very nice. Uh, well, cool. We got a couple of questions popping up here already. This is from All in the Game. The Flash 
Rotten Tomatoes, 73... Here, let me give the setup for this before I get into this. So, the Flash review embargo broke today at 3 p.m., so official critics' reviews are up now. So, all in the game is saying the Flash Rotten Tomato... I have not seen it. The Flash Rotten Tomato, 73% at 66 reviews, 6.5 out of 10, and Metacritic... 60 out of 100. Some of the VFX, not that great, apparently, which is weird since they had so long to work on it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think the question here is what do we think about the Flash reviews now that they're out? Like he says here, or on the game says here, um, there's definitely, like, there was early... We've talked about this a lot, but like James Gunn said, this is the best superhero movie ever made. Several other people, including Steve. Yeah, that's Hague. the thing. Is like my deep, the DC Comics website or the D, the uh, DC <laughs> Universe website has it at a hundred percent. Yeah, that is weird. That's like back in the day when you read Nintendo Power, they're like, I don't know, I think this might be the best Nintendo game of all time. Yeah, but it was probably <laughs> true though. It was true. My favorite, yeah, one of my absolute favorite things. I get my news from Nintendo Power. All the time. One of my absolute favorite things was in Nintendo Power, they'd be like, we got an exclusive from Nintendo. And I'd be like, really? How did you get that? Where'd you get, who guy, who gave that to you? That's crazy. There's just like, <laughs> there's like a, a beat reporters just wandering around the office being like, hey, any news? Got some for scoops Nintendo here. Power. <laughs> yeah. Listen. <laughs> Listen, I gotta get some scoops for the latest issue. Uh, I will say, my one, uh, my saddest career ambition as a journalist is that Nintendo Power doesn't exist anymore. I would love, love to work there someday. Leave that up. Leave that up. We're still answering the question here. We haven't actually talked about the Flash reviews, Pete. Pete, stop it! I never should have given you control over this. I'm moving you back to (laughs) Don't touch the machinery. Do not touch the machinery. Yes. You're anyway, like, you're so like one of the kids in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. The initial reviews are very positive. Uh, also out of CinemaCon, people who saw it there were very positive about it. But I think we talked about it even then. There felt like there's a little bit of a strained smile behind the reviews. And that's coming out even more with these new reviews of pretty much everybody is like, wow, really emotional. Michael Keaton, great. Uh, has a really rough third act and the VFX are bad. See it on the biggest screen possible. And it... I don't know. I everything that I hear about this movie sounds worse to me. The the more that I hear yeah. about it, uh, Justin, I don't know if you have an opinion on this. Rarely, rarely when I'm seeing a movie, I'm really enjoying. Am I like, can we make the screen bigger? <laughs> I just can't enjoy this movie. The screen's not big enough. Um, I mean, the thing is, what he wanted the screen bigger. I was just making the screen bigger for him. Oh, you're no, right. You're right. No. Yeah. Uh, this dovetails nicely with perhaps a discussion about um, the Spider Verse. There we wow, go. Is that better? I put you on uh, respect. Yeah, there you go. Uh, finally, the sp- we should do this all the time. Uh, mm-hmm. Pete's releasing separate podcasts. We should all just have our own <laughs> show. Hey, hey, hey! hey take it easy. Things. All right. Who said take that? Take it easy. Who said that? I can't see who said that. Uh, no one's <laughs> talking. This is the Justin show. Um, with the Spider Verse, seeing the possibilities of comic book movies and knowing that the Flash, if it is a good superhero movie, is Alex still drops in like the individual shit all model. the time. I don't know why you're getting on me about it. <laughs> Since you are out of control tonight, Pete. Yeah. Uh, yes, I understand what you're saying. I think like. Listen, maybe it's good, but it's also, uh, maybe this is what you're getting to, it's on the heels of Across the Spider-Verse, which has been considered one of the best superhero movies of all time and completely crushing the multiverse stuff. Yeah, but I heard the sound isn't that good, and uh, they keep doing a stupid running bit the whole time. Oh my god, I am not talking to you ever about this movie. You are, and I'll tell you what, Pete, you have a lot of not great opinions 
being an anti-Spider-Verse is perhaps your most insane. <laughs> I, I take it easy. I'm not anti-Spider-Verse. You just didn't like the first movie and haven't seen the second movie? Uh, first off, uh, how dare you put those monikers on me? Uh, there were parts of the first movie that I very much enjoyed. There was just one little bit that I didn't think was very enjoyable. Oh, boy, I don't want to talk about this. Uh, let's move on. This is here. This is a question for you and me, Pete, uh, from Kevin. says, question for Alex and Pete. Do you have any other projects to plug? Uh, yeah, me and Alex are working on a couple of podcasts, you know, just the two of us, just kind of cranking out some the new material. Just kind of uh, shooting seems, some stuff. Seems risky. Yeah. Seeing what sticks. You know We're doing a relationship advice podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it. I guess it makes sense to have you two famously get along very well to yep. just have, be talking to each other without yeah. any sort of other factor there to maybe smooth over any weird tensions that are developing. Oh, weird. Yeah. I don't think so. Pete, do you, uh, in all seriousness, do you have any other projects you want to plug at this point? I don't know what Kevin is getting. I don't know, but I, you know, I sent an email to you guys about trying to do a live show. Uh, I haven't got a reply on that back. That's, so That's it, with you... us. That's with us. That, that counts as it's, a, it's a project that I would like to work on with you guys. It's uh, called doing a live show. That's Great. It. There we go. Uh, I don't know if we have any hey, Alex, questions. what about you? Uh, no, I don't think I have anything else. I do this podcast and I take care of my children. Um, my big upcoming project. <laughs> don't forget your wife. You've uh, she's not here, so I'm just infusing alcohols at this point. Uh, infusing <laughs> it into my body, right? Boop, 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 boop. Uh, yeah, my big project coming up is I completely splurged and got myself that Lego Batcave. The Batman. <laughs> oh Are you God. serious? I am. It's arriving tomorrow. And right How? now, I'm trying to think around <laughs> to tell How my many? eight-year-old son. <laughs> no, this is for daddy. <laughs> this is Daddy's oh, Lego. That's going to be so hard. Phase. <laughs> you've entered another phase in your life, Alex. Between Zelda and this, yep. what's up? Are you having a midlife crisis? No, not having Zelda is Zelda is amazing. I love playing Zelda, and yeah. legitimately, like, I love playing it with my son because we actually. Play it sounds so stupid, but we play really well together. Like he very much is like, he will take the controller for some things. I'll take the controller for others. He's actually way better at the puzzles than I am. Like he figures them out like that. So while I'm better at the fighting and he gets like a little scared when he's fighting the monsters. So that works out very nicely. On the other hand, this is the, this is a large Lego set that I've, uh, I've always wanted to get myself a large Lego set. <laughs> How many pieces? <laughs> Alex. It's almost 4,000 pieces. Wow. It is the full-on back. You don't have a lot of space. You know what I mean? Like, no, New York City is known for here's space. Here's the reason. Here's the reason that I got this is, you know what? I'll, I'll see if I can find a picture of it to bring up if we're going to do another question or something. But well, it, there's a lot of people saying, like, we uh, got to see your progress. Uh, yeah, please, please TikTok a, the yeah. progress. Yeah, no problem. Got to um, get it going. All right. Well, here, I'll see if I can bring it up. Oh, you know what? I could probably bring up a screen here. This is all very important to do, right? Yep. Yeah, definitely. You selling us on the Lego Batcave. Batcave, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's a fun side project. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, is this is this showing up now? Yes, it is. So, yeah, it's this huge Batcave right there. And the reason that I got it is it's Can you actually... click on it so we can... You know, we're seeing a lot on the screen right now. You know what I mean? Help us out. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, so that's Lego what it looks Batman like. Plus? It has the Batmobile. 
It has a bat symbol that you open up, and it basically works as like a shoe box. Uh, so you could fold it up with the Batcave, but it comes with the Batmobile there. It comes show with box. Uh, this person. Uh, it comes with an orange. I don't know what that is. Uh, and then it also has like Michelle Pfeiffer Catwoman. It has a Max Shrek Lego <laughs> of all things, Penguin and other things. So I'm very excited. There's I Batman. love Max Shrek. Uh, but yeah, there you go. 3,981 pieces. I'm very excited. Dude, so that, how much is that? Almost $500, bro? Sure is, man. Oh my God, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. I, I actually Dropping said... five hundo on Legos, here's, Here was my plan. I told my family this. Like, I've always wanted one of the enormous, like, Millennium Falcon or Death Star, yes. one of those Lego sets. Yes. I was like, for my 50th birthday, that's what I'm going to do, is I'm going to drop that amount of money because it's too much money. But then this came up. Batman Returns, one of my favorite movies of all time. It fits on your shelf really nicely. Which shelf at? So it looks pretty busy back there. This one over here, right behind me. So you're going to take off Watchmen right. and all that's yeah, gone? Get rid of this uh, stupid fucking sonic screwdriver from Doctor Who that nobody likes. I'm going to get rid of yeah, this Watchmen watch. I mean, like, who who cares about that? Right? I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, Send that to me. I'm going to take that R2-D2 over there, which you can't see. I'm going to take that and I'm going to break its legs off and throw it in the garbage. Come know? on, man. Don't hurt R2. Yeah. What about all your diaries that you write your secrets in that are also on that bookshelf? They're now going to be for keeping track of my Lego set. Wow. Uh, Well, Uh, anyway, uh, I think we've got another question here. I don't know if it's a real question. This is from Stray Bullet. Uh, I have Lego pieces that I won't let my son touch. Are there things in your life that are clearly for kids, but you won't let your kids or nieces and nephews go near? (laughs) Pete's laughing, meaning basically everything in his life. (laughs) Uh, No, I just think it's funny that, um, you know, uh, I like the setup of this whole question here. Uh, yeah, I, so far I don't have any, I mean, other than adult things that children should be near, but, uh, yeah, no kid stuff. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. But with my kids, I let them clean up spills with my comic books and Jesus uh, cut them into pieces and wear them as like hats and dresses and stuff. You're awful. man. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know once I, I need to get them graded. So just walk me through that. Once. <laughs> I have them in a good place. Yeah. When they say up. bagged and boarded, I just need to put them all in like a big plastic, like a garbage bag, right? That's mm-hmm. bagged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And boarded, yeah. I glue them to like a two by four. Yes. <laughs> yep. Your kids will love it. I, in all seriousness, I always tell my kids that stuff is meant to be played with. Toys are meant to be played with and uh, Mm -hmm. comics and books are meant to be read. Toy Story. You know? Toy Story Well, yes. And that's where I learned that. I didn't know that before I saw the Toy Story programs. Yeah. But But when it comes to your Batcave, what are you going to do, Hotshot? No, no, no. Here's the thing. My son is 100% welcome to play with it. I just want to build it myself. That's what. Oh, I okay. Do. That's all I. So do. you won't be like a freak about I, it once it's up there. People can 100%, touch it. They break can do whatever it. they want with it. Like they, legitimately, it after I built it, if they yeah, if they want to break it apart and do it again, that's totally fine. But just what I like about Legos is the experience of building them and seeing them come together like a big puzzle. So there you go. And once you finish it, Batman comes and says, "You did a good job. Like, you're you're <laughs> my Robin. You're my Robin now. I'm adopting you, Alex." I love you, Alex. I'm your dad. (laughs) 
Uh, you want right, to get nuts with me, your friend Batman? <laughs> Let's get nuts. Hey, you know what I heard is that apparently Michael Keaton improvised that line in the first Batman movie. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. It makes sense. The fact that that line has been like canonized and lionized, I'm like, it's a fine line, but it sounds made up. Yeah. <laughs> it's not something someone's like, I got to have Bruce Wayne say this line. Uh, Pancio Mundial says, are you guys interested in reading Battle Chasers number 10 coming 30 years after the series started? I didn't know this was happening, honestly. I don't know about you guys. Uh, that's Joe Madeira, right? His comic yeah. from way back in the day. Oh, wow. Um, I'm down for that. I, I only read a couple of the original Battle Chasers, so it's not like I was a fan of that. But Joe Madeira's art, I feel like, I always liked it. And so more work from, from him is cool. Great. Uh, this is from Prime NRG. What are the most rare, historically important comics you think you own? Ooh. Uh, the one where Wolverine lost his animantium I own. I was pretty excited about that. He Ooh. lost it like it fell out of his pocket. Yeah, yeah. Just, yeah just the old pocket drop classic. Hole in the pocket. I've got uh, some old Archies that are from, like, the 60s, I think, that are maybe cool. Um, I've maybe got, cool. like, that are maybe cool. I've got a very old What If that mm. I feel like is one that, um, it, I think it's like, what if the Hulk, what if Wolverine killed the Hulk or something like that? Yeah. I, uh, I I brought this up on the show before, but I have a basically almost dust copy of Fantastic Four Annual Number Two and a couple of their, a couple of other comics from that age oh, that yeah. used to be my dad's old comics that I don't even want to look at because they're going to fall apart. But I don't know that I own this, but I feel like I probably have this somewhere. I was thinking about it this weekend after watching Across the Spider Verse. Uh, Ultimate Fallout number four, which introduced Miles Morales and whatever issue of Edge of Spider Verse mm. it was that introduced Spider Gwen, those have to be worth a lot of money at this point, right? I think. I don't know. Mm. I, I don't think comics are valued. Comic, you don't think comics are valuable anymore? <laughs> I mean, sort of. They, yeah. The reason comics from back in the day are valuable is because people would literally throw them away like magazines. Mm-hmm. A and B, their print runs were way smaller, so there were way f- they're much more rare items. Now they print so many that you can find a lot of them. Here, I'm gonna look it up. Ultimate fall- Fallout number four value. This is from GoCollect.com, my favorite site. Um, mm. At a nine point six, it's uh, seven hundred and sixty-eight dollars. Woo! You so can get a bat back a for that. You could get a whole another back gate for I, that. I definitely could. That's how you count your money now. You have like, oh, how the rent back do I owe them six back games? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got six of the sets, but they're all for me. My son can't do any of them. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I think that is it for our audience questions. <laughs> Wait, now, Kevin asked, fine, Justin, do you have any plugs? And I would like to plug one thing. I'm doing a show on Thursday Characters welcome. this week. I'm doing that. I did that last weekend on Friday. It was very fun. But at Caveat, Mission to Zix, a live show. Oh, and nice. Maybe some old Durf hanging out uh, situation happening there. So Ooh. if you're a fan of that, please. Is the Verizon guy going to be there? Yes, Alden. 
Yeah, with all that Verizon you know, money. You know, you know Alden. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how many bat caves does he make for doing a Verizon commercial? Yeah, it's got to be a lot of bat caves. I, I can't, I can't count his bat caves. It's too much <laughs> to think about. All right, we're going to move on to our next section, which is trivia, and for that, we're going to turn it over to Pete LePage. All right, Ooh, this star. This is the part we give back to you, the lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win twenty-five dollars in the form of a Midtown Comics gift card, or uh, of course, maybe uh, Long John Silver for some reason. Uh, do we have a brave volunteer, or do we need one now? Looking uh, in the oh, direction of Alex. Alex. Yeah, this yes, is, I was just putting a little uh, note in the Okay, chat. there we go. Great, great, yeah. Ooh, uh, no. All right, there we got Pick one. Me. Pick me. is in. Oh. All right, so here we go. Today's trip is on topical comic news and a small nod to the legend Tina Turner, R.I.P. Please listen to all three what options before... This be? What movie could you be referencing with Tina Turner? <laughs> hey! What wow. a mystery! Zalbin! Alex, you mm. bastard. Zalbin, right here, dude. Zip yeah. it, all right? This isn't the fucking Zalbin Zip hour, it. okay? Yeah, Zip this it. is now, this is my no. time. My time down here. Sorry, this is, um, I'm sorry, this, this is, is the This is a story about Zalbin a little boy that did shh. Right, Pete? That's right. Yeah. All right. The, the fact that you know that is not cool. No. Well, <laughs> please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one. New comic from Ed Brisson coming out through AWA Studios in June. What is the fun title? Is it A, Sins of the Sultan Sea? Is it B, Jane Payne? Or C, James Payne? So, clearly, number one, because I said fun title, and that number is... Number one. Number one. Are we all, we're moving That's my hint. No, that's my hint. I'm not giving them the... I'm not saying A. I'm oh. saying number oh. one. Like the first oh, option. That's very tricky. Wow. Uh, you see what I'm doing there? Smart. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, My four-year-old just learned that, so she will not, maybe not. So, Panico, if I'm not um, mispronouncing your name, just put A in the chat. Yeah, if you could. Then we can uh, if, if that's what you believe the right answer is, and Trivia it is. Trivia is broken. Trivia is broken on this show. Yeah. Yeah, Trivia's been broken for, for, for many a time. There we go. Number one, he's right. All right. Uh, here we go. Question number two. Who is going to write the new Captain America comic coming out in September? Is it A, J. Michael Straczynski, or is it B, Maximilian Osinski, or is it C, Jack Nicholson? Hmm. Hmm. Yes, uh, again, it is A. Uh, well done. Uh, well done, indeed. Okay, That's here we amazing. go. To answer one minute before you ask. Exactly. <laughs> there are already they know what's up. Here we go. Last one. Question number three. In the new trailer for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, which looks amazing, by the by, who is the voice of Master Splinter? Is it A Jackie Chan, B Mo Bumbercatch, or C Elton John? Well, I I, uh, I assume pronounced Panico. Panico, uh, Panico. You should probably put A in the chat again. Yeah, that is true. Or one or whatever we're doing this week. Yeah, exactly. Good yeah. Uh, way to roll Alpha. with it. Uh, there. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, there we go. Panico, you got it. That's Congratulations! Right. Amazing. 
Incredible. Out of nowhere. Uh, now, if you would like a gift card to, um, I was going to say Comic Book Club, Midtown Comics, or either Long John Silver's, oh, that email would be us. cool. <laughs> yeah. You can get a free Comic Book Club. Email us at comicbookclublive at gmail.com. And Pete, what secret movie were you referring to? Well, Pablo D. Martinez is right. What's up, Pablo? I was talking about the 1975 banger, Tommy. All right. Wow. I will say you upset expectations by you definitely did. choosing that movie. Suck on that one, <laughs> Zelbatron. <laughs> you really got the me. I wish you had to... talked about my favorite movie with Tina Turner, though. Well, we didn't. Uh, what's Last, last Action movie? Hero is probably what you were going to yeah, say. I was going to say the mayor. Exactly. Of course. As we all know, new comic Makes books sense. are coming out all the time. What are you guys looking forward to, Pete? Oh, man, there's a lot of great stuff. And I can't wait to talk to you guys all about it uh, tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Uh, the Joker, the mass, uh, the man who stopped laughing, number 9. Very excited about that. And Hell We Fight, number 1. Very excited about that one as well. Justin, what about you? i got to give it up to a couple as well. Uh, Once Upon a Time at the End of the World, number 6, by Jason okay. Aaron. Oh, uh, yeah. That's okay. a... That's a fun comic. I look forward to discussing it with my friend Peter J. LePage. Yeah, we're going to get uh, And into I want to shout one. out Fantastic Four number eight. Ryan North, I think, has been really bringing about a classic return to Fantastic Four. And I, I love it. What's the matter? Uh, we're going to get into that one. Uh, well, I'd like to give a shout out okay. to Maleficent number two from Dynamite. Oh, uh, yeah. Shockingly yeah. good. I was surprised. I didn't look this up, so I had no idea. But I thought the first issue was a one-shot. I was like, great, it's done. So when I saw this pop up here, I was actually very excited to check it out. So all of those books, as Pete mentioned, and many more, I think we're going Wait, just south. Alex, what do you think when when they get to the um, the Toy Story villain book and it's like the abstract concept of existence is the villain? <laughs> or... Uh, or uh, infectious lots, lots of hugs overtaking bear. culture. It's going to be a lotso. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I understand. I understand your joke, but it would be lotso that doesn't make any sense, Justin. Okay, lotso is the. That's villain. not. Or he's Sid. not the villain. He's redeemed at the end, Alex. Or Sid and he or joins the prospector. Them. What about the prospector? The prospector. Hey, this is fun. All of these books and many more are going to be talked about in our stack podcast that rolls out in its own dedicated feed at the Comic Book Club it is feed. What is going on with that squeaking? Uh, comic book. Was Club. Sorry, I was oh, squeaking. I'm a mouse. Uh, comic book club feed Wednesday at nine a.m. So check that out. And folks, that is it for this week's show. Thank you so much to Andy Schmidt for coming on the show. Be sure yeah. to check out Luciano Vecchio Serrano on Zoop right now, as well as everything else cool. from CEX Publishing. Next week we're gonna have a big show. Very excited about this. Ooh, it's Tilly a big Wa show. Big show. Really big. It's show. a big show. Really big show. Tilly Walden is going to be here to talk about the second volume of Clementine, uh, the spinoff from The Walking yes. Dead. Also, Alex Believe is going to be here to talk about the Marvel art of Lovely. Alex Believe. So hopefully, Ooh. I think, two great interviews. I'm very excited about that. Oh. Also, check out Sons of a Gun, our DC podcast that is rolling out semi-weekly talking about DC stuff. 
including coming up. It's weekly. We just haven't done one. Yeah, yet. we just yeah. didn't do it this past this week. week. Uh, Marvel Vision, our Marvel podcast. You can check out our extensive Across the Spider-Verse review just went up and other episodes. We got to talking. We it did. I, I wouldn't have stopped talking if you didn't look tired. Riverdale After Dark, the our Riverdale podcast rolling I out weekly it. talking about episodes. Patreon.com slash the last season. To support this show and all the shows we do, don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram or TikTok, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night! Good night! Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.